usually I wait to reflect on my guest and work on the introduction for Saturday mornings. There's no sleeping in my house because we have a puppy and he likes to get up really early. But today's a little bit different. I keep thinking about our guest, Mrs. Whitman's story. I know her story is going to resonate with so many of you out there. I want you to listen to this one all the way through. If you don't know Mrs. Whitman, you're going to know her pretty well at the end of this half hour episode. This half hour goes by fast. Now, I know this sounds like a shameless plug, but it isn't. Please share the episode. People need to hear her story. They need to hear about her resiliency. They need to hear about how she weathers so many different storms that have taken place in her life. Thanks for listening. Please let me know what you think. Write a review, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or send me an email. Do you want to talk to Sue? You want to know more about her story? Let me know. We can make that happen. Now, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy getting to know Mrs. Wells, I mean Langford, I mean Whitman, just a little bit more. I'm not going to lie, Mrs. Whitman. I have been incredibly excited for this interview because uh, there are a lot of teachers in here that I deeply respect and appreciate, uh, but I absolutely love you. Uh, and you have had an incredible impact on my life, so I don't care if we go over the 20-minute mark. Okay. All right. So I, I'm ready. I'm excited. Are you guys ready to hear from Mrs. Whitman? Oh, yeah. So uh, they, they have been fired up when I told them that our uh, appointed guest had to back out on us, and I told them that you had graciously filled in. I heard many things like, yes awesome nice. she's so cute <laughs> i can't wait to hear i can't wait to hear her story and then i ask them i'm like have you ever heard mrs whitman's story and very few of them have gotten to know the real, real mrs whitman. whitman but we'll kind of ease into that so uh, let me just begin by asking you uh, how long have you been teaching here at talmage high school um i started i actually did my student teaching here um, right out of college and then I taught for two and a half years and then I took 12 years off to stay home with my kids and then I came back so all together I'm looking at right around 29 years I started teaching when I was 10 just so you know do the math <laughs> <laughs> yep just like my wife celebrates her 29th birthday every year every so. year <laughs> <laughs> very nice and you know what the crazy thing is is a few boys over there in the front row are actually I see their fingers wiggling they're like wait okay, trying to well, do I the think math. she's right she was 10 <laughs> boy standards for teaching have changed right so, but what what was your motivating factor to become a teacher um, honestly, it started when I was little. Um, I have a brother who is 10 years older than I am, so I basically was raised as an only child. So I had to entertain myself. And so I would line up my dolls and I would hold school with them. But then my brother became a teacher, mainly because he wanted to be a coach. And so he didn't really want to do some of the teacher stuff, like grading papers. So when he was 22, 23 and teaching, I was 12 or 13. So he would bring the papers home and give them to me to grade. And so I would, I can remember laying on my hmm. stomach on the floor of my living room with a red pen, you know, the fire color. And, fire color, yeah. Yeah, and I'd be grading the papers for him and I thought, 
this is fun. <laughs> Little did I know it's really not. But um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, well, especially when they took the the red pen away from right? us. Right? Oh, I know. still use the red pen. Ah. I'm still good with it. Um, I throw in a purple or a green every now and then. Um, but yeah, that was that was my main reason was I I saw him doing some teaching things, but I think it was just always a part of what I wanted to do. I mean, when I went to college, there was no multiple changes or anything. That was just what I wanted to do. Wow. And I and I loved school. When I was in school, I didn't want to leave high school. I loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, I mean, this is how bad it was. The principal of my high school came to my wedding five years later. And I hadn't really stayed in contact with him all that much, but my dad would see him every now and then. And so he, Martin Chapman was the principal at Garfield High School when I was there, and he came to my wedding. So, you know, if you guys want to invite House, feel free. <laughs> well, we might have to do that. Right? You know, I'm sitting here thinking about uh, the, all the teachers in this building. When I, I went around and did this little teacher grab bag, during parent-teacher conferences last night, and the teachers that drew the, the the question about what influenced you to, when did you decide to become a teacher, the number of teachers who have known that they've had that calling on their life since they were 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I hated school. And the, the thought of becoming a teacher when I was in school or even my first couple years in college never even crossed my mind, you know, till I had a whole mind shift, which I will share with uh, my, my class later, but it's just amazing how you knew, you knew that's where you were called and you clearly have been very effective uh, judging from the responses that we got from these kids and some of the other things I'm gonna tell you that they said here in a moment. Um, well, but <clears throat> back to your point, I can't picture you doing anything else but this because you were so good at it and such a natural and it, it feels like it just kind of rolls out of you. So I can't imagine you doing anything I can't else. imagine anything else. You know, if it hadn't been for teaching and my wife, I probably would be in a cardboard box somewhere right now. <laughs> you know, behind every good man is a better woman right. and uh, she clearly prompted me to become the best version of myself and continues to do so. What was your favorite class in high school? Really? Gover really? Government? Go government. Jeez, well, that's a shock, right? Yeah. How about some, Hist wow. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Uh, Hi history and government. Um, I can still name teachers that were so influential. And just a, a short story, I happened, this was probably, golly, 20 years ago. I was sitting at Wally Waffle when it was back over in the old place. And I'm sitting there and I look over and at the booth across the way from me was my high school government teacher who I worshiped. I mean, I just loved her. And I sat there and I started sweating. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's Miss Hillary. Not Hillary Clinton, okay? <laughs> it was Miss Hillary. And um, my husband said, well, why don't you go, go say something to her? I said, oh, I can't. All of a sudden, I was back in high school. Or, you know, and I was nervous <laughs> because this was my teacher and like she's on a pedestal. And, and she's out in public. And she's and in public and, she, you know, it's like in my neighborhood. And <laughs> so he said, no, you have to go. And, and I, I just sat there and I put my head down and I thought, she is the reason why I do what wow. I do. Hmm. And he said, you have to go tell her. He said, how do you feel when somebody tells you that? I went, yeah, I do, I need to go over. So I walked over, and please, if you ever see a teacher years after you've been in school, 
please introduce yourself. Don't say, hi, do you remember me? Because <laughs> we do, we remember faces a lot of times, but names don't always come real easily. And I went over to her and I said, Miss Hillary? And she went, whoa, you just dated yourself because she must have gotten married and changed her name, you know, and all of that. And I said, yeah, I had you at Garfield High School. And she said, okay, give me a minute. Let me see if I can come up with a name. She wanted the challenge and she did. I know, I was pretty stoked that she pulled it out wow. of her. Yeah, she did. And um, I had a chance to tell this woman how I was doing what I absolutely loved doing because of her. Wow. And she got tears in her eyes and That's gave me a big hug. And, and I just, it was, that was a gift to me to be able to do that. So that was, that was a highlight moment. For sure. When you hear back from former students, that really is, that's the bonus check, isn't it? It is. It's the bonus check. I just, I just got a Facebook message yesterday from a student that graduated 20 years ago. He's been 16 years in the military and he's serving in Germany right now. He's career military. And he wrote me this beautiful message of that he was so thankful for my impact in his life and mentoring him and encouraging him. And it was nothing huge, but it was the fact that he took the time to do that just meant the world. Well, those little positive pieces of affirmation are important to file away, aren't they? I, they really are. I, I have a whole folder that I have that when I'm having a bad day and I'm just not feeling the flow or you, you know, you're dealing with one of the many issues that we have to deal with in the classroom and in the hallway and in education, yeah. and I feel just not my best, mm -hmm. yeah. I'll pull that out and just read. And, and I'm reminded of, of what an impact we have. I was listening to a podcast uh, the other day and this gentleman his name escapes me um that his drew reed i think was his name this dynamic teacher uh he he talked about how every single day that you're in the classroom as a teacher every kid listens to every word that you say and you have the opportunity to plant something inside of them that they'll remember for the rest of their life mm. and that's what you know your what was her name again uh, Miss Hillary. Miss Hillary did mm -hmm. for you, mm -hmm. and it brought back instant memories. Yeah. And it impacted your whole path. Um, so you're speaking of your path. Uh, your path through life has been an interesting one. A little bit. Uh, a little bit. It's been a source of inspiration to me every time I, I get to hear it. But I don't think a lot of students know about some of the trials and tribulations that you've been through. So um, <clears throat> I think maybe I'll begin by asking you this question and you can go whatever direction you want, okay. but why don't you tell us about your husband? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> well, where would, you, where would you like to begin? Yeah, okay. Um, and I'll do the Reader's Digest condensed version. Um, I married my high school sweetheart and it was, we were the Ken and Barbie, which isn't really a good analogy because I'm not anything like Barbie. Um, but he and I served in our church together and we just had started dating when we were in high school and it was wonderful. And we were married for uh, 25 years. And uh, one day he came home and said, uh, I'm in love with someone else and I want a divorce. Hmm. I said, okay. So went through that. And my children, my youngest was going into his junior year of high school and my other two were in college. And so I didn't have little ones. And it, it was one of those things that was just, you hear about people that are blindsided by this and I truly was blindsided, didn't have a clue. So fast forward, 
A um, couple of years later, I met uh, this wonderful bad boy on a motorcycle named Danny. And Danny and I, Mr. Horner met him. Uh, Danny was the polar opposite of me. And we met and went and dated and he had three girls and I had three kids and we got married and... Um, and can I interrupt for yes. a second? And she rode on the back of a motorcycle many, many times. Oh. I saw that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Biker chick. I have a black leather, uh, leather coat. Jacket. I have the chaps. I have the helmets. Oh, heck yeah. Um, pictures, please. Pictures. Right. We'll throw them up on the right. uh, social um, media. And, and let me backpedal because when I was going through my breakup with my husband, hmm. first husband, um, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And those of you that have been in my class know about that. It was not malignant, but I still had to have brain surgery. And that was happening at the exact same time all of this other stuff was happening. And you know what's amazing about that? I don't know if I ever told you this, but that's when I first was moved to the high school. So I actually came up when you were out. And I was you know, talking to some of the other teachers here and they're telling me that, you know, you're in the midst of this trial, you know, through this, this trial with your with your husband and the separation, and then you have this brain tumor, and the whole time I'm like, who is this woman, and how is she handling all this? I remember, you know, and I'm not going to lie, at that time, you know, I was like, I, I don't know a lot about Sue, but, you know, I was praying for you, and I was, I was wishing the best for you, anxious to meet you, uh, but that's where I kind of came in and, and first met you when you came back from all that. And I'm glad you said that because for me, that period of time, really my, my black hole of memories is from 2002 to 2007. That's when all of this was happening. Um, oh, and my, both my parents died within, within that time period as well. And I had been caring for both of them. I don't remember when you came to the high school, but that's because it was within yeah. that hole of time. And it's, I don't know if that's a protection for somebody when they're going through trauma like this, that you just kind of become numb to anything else. But for me, it's like, I, it's like all of a sudden you just appeared and it's like, when did you start here? <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I go back and, and Danny, my second husband, um, was only 48, just had turned 49 years old and he was on his bicycle, not the motorcycle, but he was on his bicycle, a beautiful day in May, and he rode into our neighborhood and waved to our neighbors and fell over and died of a massive heart attack. And so within a span of this time, this had happened. And then God in his sense of humor said, oh, let's try this again, and so my current husband, my last husband, um, and I say that jokingly, but not because I, I say that to him as well, um, David, and um, he's wonderful. and He's a rock star. He is, and he's so different from the other two. And so it's, it's kind of funny because if you ask Mr. Householder, um, he got very frustrated with me early on because he could never remember which last name to call me and so he just now he just says hey um, doesn't worry about last names well it would probably be a, a good thing to run through the three names because we're gonna have alumni who are gonna be listening to this yeah. and they're gonna be like who's mrs. Whitman is that you know but I've had a couple of students where they come in and they say my my 
dad said he thought he had you, but then the last name's not right, but the <laughs> description fits. And I said, well, how old is he? Oh, I would have been Wells back then. Um, and then for the middle time period, I was Langford and now Whitman. So <laughs> you've got the Wells era, yeah. the Langford the era. era. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you fall? So, and uh, so th that that's unbelievable. Tell us a little bit about you know Dave. He's got an interesting profession, mm -hmm. and he is uh, just one of the, the greatest men I know. I, I've loved Aww. meeting him and and uh, spending time with him. Tell us what he does, which is well, kind of cool. Um, he started out as a as a children's pastor years ago before I knew him, but currently he hangs out with people like Snoop Dogg or. Um, uh, Kevin Love or whoever he chases celebrities and athletes and collects autographs and then sells it on eBay um, as his business and so we've yeah we've had some fun going to a lot of good shows and meeting different people and, um, and kissing I, Bruce Springsteen he did I do you guys even know who Bruce Springsteen is <clears throat> okay oh yeah. oh there's hope for this right? generation look everyone looked at us like we were insulting he did, he, did. He, he went to New Jersey and and uh, had this meet and greet opportunity with him and Dave said Bruce I've loved you forever can I give you a kiss <laughs> and Bruce said whatever you got to do, man. <laughs> it was on the cheek. And um, this lady that was taking pictures that was one of the people at the signing, um, they jokingly, Bruce said to this woman, get it right the first time. I'm not letting him do this again. <laughs> and she was laughing so hard, she didn't get the picture. Oh, wow. He let him kiss him again. <laughs> he called me. He was giddy. I said, David, you don't get this excited when I kiss you. What is wrong with this? <laughs> so how many years ago was that? Was uh, that three or Bruce? four? Yeah, the oh, Bruce gosh. kiss. Oh, uh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, maybe four, three or four. Because all I know is every time that it's the anniversary of it, it pops oh. up. He reposted on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You know, proud moment, you proud know, moment, and he's always yeah. reposting yeah, I, them. Yeah. So you, you've chased a lot of people with him. Mm -hmm. Who, who's the, the coolest person that you've ever met? I mean, I know you meet a lot of celebrities, but which one, like, you were just... Okay, they're not going to know who this is. Joe Namath. Oh, Joe Namath. Joe Namath was a phenomenal quarterback for the New York Jets years ago. Uh, Broadway Joe. Broadway Joe. And he... we Google it. We chased him at um, Akron Canton Airport. He was coming in, and we happened to be babysitting at the time. I had my probably 18-month-old grandson on my hip. Oh, you guys are hardcore. I know, right? <laughs> but he's a great prop because... That's true. Uh-huh. It's the only way you could, in the back in the old days, you could get Tiger Woods to That's autograph right. anything with kids. if you were a kid. Yeah. And, um, and Joe comes through the, the concourse at the airport and there were probably 25, 30 people, all men and me and a toddler. And um, they're coming through, and, or he's coming through, and everybody's going, Joe, Joe, will you sign, will you sign? He said, nope, not gonna sign. He wasn't signing for anybody. I said, hey, Joe, would you sign one for my grandson? <laughs> I, had a, I had a New York Jets mini helmet. And he turns around and he says, yeah, I'll do it for the kid. I was the only one that got the autograph. Yeah, the autograph wow. did not go to the grandchild. It went to grandpa. <laughs> 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 to, 
to be, it's an heirloom. It'll be passed right. down. That's right. No, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. Uh, anybody else? Any other memorable meetings? Um, James Taylor. Okay. I really that's like cool. James Taylor. Um, I, Paul McCartney from Beatles drove by. Um, I, these are more old school, you know. The, the current ones, they have such tight security that they're harder to get to. Um, and so, yeah, I, Dan Marino, quarterback. Um, we chased Peyton Manning but didn't get him. I love the sports guys. Um, he, my husband's more the music, and I love the sports guys. Yeah. I, uh, one time, my wife and I chased Bon Jovi with them. So we went up to see Bon Jovi in Cleveland, and then we waited around to the early hours of the morning trying to, trying to chase down Bon Jovi, because that's the only person I think in this world my wife would leave me for. Uh, yeah, and, mine is Bruce, and yeah. Dave would leave me for Bruce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Uh, the only person we met was the guy, the head of security. Yeah. We couldn't, I mean, it was, they had all these hidden elevators in the hotel and all this other yeah. stuff. Well, I do have to go back for my government students, Martin Sheen, President Bartlett from West Wing. I'm, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking sports and music, but yeah, Martin Sheen. I'm thinking you should be getting some royalties uh, because you and the West Wing, you, you've got this whole new audience. I mean, my daughter came home and she told me, I'm going to binge watch mm -hmm. The West Wing. Oh, yeah. You know, she's like, I'm going to watch the whole the whole series. So good. Like, I'll watch it with you. Netflix, <laughs> all seven seasons. Yeah, it's on there. But uh, that's awesome. So as a teacher, uh, do you have a most embarrassing moment that's taken place maybe in the classroom? And we can even go into what's your most embarrassing moment ever. Huh. Most embarrassing moment. Let, let me think. Um, There's just so many to pull from. Well, it, it wasn't necessarily embarrassing, but when I think back on it, I think, oh, it, I'm not overly proud of it. Um, do you guys know who Paula Abdul is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this was back at the old building, and this was when I was going through my divorce. And one of the things that happens when trauma hits like that is sometimes people um, lose a lot of weight. It, you know, stress and just all of that. And I had dropped a lot of weight. Um, not that I had a whole lot to, to lose, but I was pretty skinny. And we were doing, for a pep assembly, we were doing an American Idol kind of thing. And they asked me to be Paula Abdul. So I... <laughs> Is this on YouTube? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I rocked a black wig, black leather pants, what I call hooker shoes. That's probably not appropriate. I'm so sorry. Um, you can edit well, you're, that, right? You're referencing Joseph Hooker from the Civil War. Yeah, it's absolutely. a Civil War, yes, and you're yes, in a history yes. classroom. Well done. Um, these these right. really high shoes. And and I looked good, but I, I just, when I look back at that time, I thought, oh, that was not, because I was walking down the, the, the hallway, and nobody recognized me because it was so not me. And I walked in, and, and it was probably halfway through the, the skit that we were doing that Bob Giles, who you know, Mrs. Giles' ex-husband, he taught, um, he looked at me and he finally went, Wells, is that you? <laughs> Didn't even know it was me. That's how, yeah. So I don't know that's embarrassing, but it's kind of like, oh, it, it's not my greatest moment, but I did look good. Well, at least, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, at least there's no uh, footage on YouTube there's of no that. There's no video, no. Like there's footage of Mr. Taylor and me lip-syncing High School Musical. Oh, I did not dressed, know about oh, this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We won the lip-syncing contest. Where which, was I? I? I don't know. I you don't probably know. blocked that period of time out <laughs> as well. <laughs> I tried to till somebody it resurfaced. I'll have to check that out. Not long ago. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, no, absolutely. You've seen it? You're going to? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, we're all going to be trouble. searching it tonight, right? <laughs> so oh. <clears throat> so uh, I want to get to a couple questions here about what's impacted you throughout your life. Uh, do you have an influential book? Something that, you know, what, what book would you say has impacted you significantly? Um, I come from a lot of different angles. I, I mean, for me, my faith is very important to me, so the Bible is, like, number one. Um, and then some other books that kind of came along with that. There was a book that was written a number of, uh, just a couple of years ago, called Love Does. And the Bob author Goff. is Bob Goff. <laughs> and it it really talks about, it's not, a, it's not a, a book that you're constantly having to reference Bible verses or anything. It just really talks about loving people when they're hard to love and and sometimes students are hard to love and sometimes teachers are hard to love and so you just it was a book that made me look at things a little differently um, and then another book that is a book I have read numerous times um, and given away is called The Art of Racing in the Rain and it, it, it's some of you have heard of it or read it or saw the movie. The movie was just out. It's just a sweet book that talks about how you, uh, how you view life and how you adjust to things when you're in the midst of it. Wow. So. Well, I might have to rent it this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good one. I'm a big Bob Goff fan. His book, Everybody Always, mm -hmm. uh, really impacted me. And it's the same, it's the same theme. Yeah. You know, you got to put everybody ahead of yourself always. Yeah. You know, we're here to serve. We're here to love. We're here to value people. We're here to find the value in people and help people find their purpose. And uh, so when I read that, I mean, I, that jumped up to my top five. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And love does is it, everybody always is a continuation of the same concepts. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just more examples of it. For the, those of you who don't know who Bob Goff is, He's, he's just, he's extraordinary. And what's really amazing about him is in the back of the book, he puts his personal phone number. And he's like, call me. And he'll, he'll pick up. Don't text him, he won't text you, but he'll pick up if you call him, which we, is pretty We tried texting him because we just did a study of the Everybody Always book, and so my, my husband didn't want to call him, so we texted him, and we forgot that he doesn't answer oh. texts, but he will pick up the phone. And he sets up an office one day a week minimum at Treasure Island at Disneyland in California. He's a lawyer, and so that's where he holds his meetings. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Do you have a life quote? I do, um, and it's all different versions, but it's basically um, when God gives you storms, learn to dance in the rain. And it's just kind of when you're in the middle of something that's hard, you got to look for the, the rainbow. You got to look for the way to get through it. And that's just kind of with everything that I've kind of walked through, that's the thing that I've looked at is okay, yeah, it's hard. Yes, it's a struggle. Yes, I don't know how I'm going to get out of bed tomorrow, but I'm going to try to find a positive in this 
So I learned to dance in the rain. Hmm. So this morning I had a conversation, <clears throat> excuse me, with a, with a young lady who has weathered more storms than she should have ever had to. Uh, and I get a little emotional talking about this. I, I cry easy. Um, so we were talking, I'm like, you've got to meet Mrs. Whitman. She's like, well, I had Mrs. Whitman in class. She's pretty cool. I think we're cool. I said, but you got to meet Mrs. Whitman. You've got to hear her story so that you know that there's hope, mm -hmm. that you know that you can persevere and you can push through whatever adversity, adversity it is that you're facing, which is why I'm so thankful. And I don't think it's ironic that I would have that conversation today mm -hmm. and that yeah. our guests would back out and that you would be here. That's all right. Cool. That's yeah. just not coincidence. All right, that's there's purpose and meaning behind uh, this this interview. So I'm very very thankful that you are here. Well, um, I'm going to tell you this: when you were standing out in the hallway, you were speaking quite loudly. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but you were you were loud enough. You said it loud enough that we all heard it. So I think we can say it in here. But you mentioned that retirement is looming. Oh, yes, okay. Okay, you're like, oh my gosh, what did I, I say? I, She's like so paranoid, like, what, what did, did I, I say? say? What did I say? <laughs> I want you to know that when you said that, across this room, there was a ripple effect, and it was, she's retiring? No, she can't retire, we can't yeah. retire. Even Alexis was like, but, but I want my kids to have her. Oh, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> Unless you've got four already at home. No. <laughs> and you will be the next interview that we conduct. <laughs> so, Aww. but I, I, I think that that is truly reflective of the impact that you've had uh, on so many people. Um, I think you are extraordinary. Uh, you are certainly a person of influence in my life and in the lives of so many people here. <laughs> Sorry. And I love you. So thanks for being here. Thank you for Give having me. Give it up for me. our guests. <laughs>